0: Hello, Adoptees, Adoptive Parents, Biological Parents, Friends, Families of Adoptees, and people just curious on the voices and the platform to hear adoptive Voices, hashtag Voices. This week, I got a great show for you. My guests are Whitney and Lee Fritz, the authors, the business people, the minds, the voices, the writers behind We the Lees. You may be familiar with them. I'm sure you are. They are all over the social media. You can find them on Twitter, you can find them at uh, their website. We will get into the discussion about We the Lees next week, but this week the goal is to kind of get to know Whitney and Lee Fritz, the, the people behind the whole thing, so uh, you have that to look forward to in just a bit. Uh, you know, First I just want to, uh, what's been going on? What's been going on I guess is uh, happening with, with me. What's been going on with you? This week I uh, went to Minneapolis, go visit some in-laws, and uh, then I had to work in Michigan for the week, so I got uh, to do that. Got to see Michigan for the first time, never been there before. I only went for work, so it was just a couple of days uh, kind of touring around, and I only got a, a night or so in Ann Arbor. I will say this about Michigan. They eat very big there. The food was delicious. Only went to a couple different places. But uh, by the second or third day, I I couldn't eat a full-size portion of anything anymore. I was stuffed from the previous day's meals. So for breakfast one day, I ordered a biscuit and gravy. There was a full order and a half order. And I asked how big the full order was. And the lady said, hey, it's just a a biscuit. So, you know, you can handle a biscuit, right? I said, how big is the biscuit? She made a little, like... Circle with her hands. I said that looks like a regular like McDonald's size biscuit, I guess Yeah, I'll I'll have one of those I can handle that Uh, What I received was a plate Like a full-size dinner plate With a biscuit that looked like it had been made in a crock pot and enough sausage gravy to fill the Grand Canyon and it was delicious, but I couldn't eat the whole thing (laughs) Which I would be embarrassed about if they hadn't stuffed me full of, like, fried foods and burgers and onion rings and all kinds of stuff the previous couple of days. Right before I left Michigan, I, we went to Zingerman's Smokehouse, I guess it is. Zingerman's Smokehouse, not the deli sandwich shop, but I guess it's an affiliated uh, barbecue-type place where I had uh, the famous macaroni and cheese. Apparently they're very famous for their macaroni and cheese. So I had a a small order, which was $15 of their fried chicken macaroni and cheese. There was also a large order, which I don't think I could have handled because I could barely finish the small. So if you go to Zingerman Smokehouse, highly recommend it. If you want to eat delicious fried chicken macaroni and cheese, it's there. Looks like the drinks are good, too. I mean, they have all kinds of great Michigan brewery-type drinks from, like, Founders and Bells. Delicious. Uh, I'm sad to say that I... Missed the Minnesota State Fair this year. It was going on. Uh, it's going on right now, but it started while I was in Michigan, and I had just missed it. Uh, in any case, I came back home. With, uh, landed back in Queens, in Astoria, Queens, and went to uh, uh, William Hallett. William Hallett, a delicious, another delicious restaurant right there in Queens, and had some more fried food because apparently I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. And uh, yesterday, yesterday uh, Saturday, the twenty seventh, I went to attend uh, a life celebration for uh, my one of my best friends' mother's who had passed away a few months ago, and they decided to have a life celebration of her life because it's what she would have wanted in her favorite restaurant, uh, very close to where I grew up. I was late. I thought that there are were actually two restaurants. I think they're by the same owner. Uh, and one is from the town that I grew up in, and I accidentally went there first, thinking... I guess I was just on autopilot mode. It was really... It's very strange. I haven't been back to the town probably since college. Uh, so I, I made the mistake, and then I, I doubled back to the other place uh, a little bit late. I showed up a little bit late, but I was still very happy that I went. I'm glad that I could be there for my friends... And their family, um, you know, obviously very, very sorry for their loss. Uh, it, was, it was sudden. It was weird. 2016 has been a, a rough year, I know, for, for many people. Uh, we've kind of already touched on that on this show a little bit. Uh, so I'm not going to retread that ground. But obviously this hit very close to home for me and for uh, their family. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I'm really happy. That yesterday was a life celebration. I've always said that if I ever, uh, if I ever go early, <laughs> if I go before people think that my time is up or anything, what I want them to do is uh, take the money, pay for a very small uh, memorial service, I guess, or do what you need to do. I don't know how much that costs and everything. I, I'd like to be cremated. I don't want to take up too much land or anything, all right? And uh, take the rest of the money and uh, throw a party and then donate the rest to some charity or something like that. But the a party uh, in celebration of my life and my memory. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. You know, it wasn't a big bash or anything, but it was good Italian food. And it really was a celebration of this life that was lost. And the love that she had spread and lived. So that's something that I will just pass on to you guys as uh, casual listeners of my show. If you're listening to this, I just want to uh, share the what was written on the on the back of the memorial card here, uh, because I, I know they tried to find the perfect prayer, the perfect poem to celebrate this life, and it's something that I I, I think this does sum it up pretty well, really well, uh, because it's something that I believe in very deeply and after experiencing a lot of personal loss in my life i've learned that life is short life is very short and it could be cut at any moment anything can happen out there and so you really just need to to love your life love other people's lives and try to try to live well you know try to live peacefully and try to spread love Because you never know, you know, I mean, I I encourage you to to call your parents, call your friends and just tell them, you know, how much you love them how much you care about them. Because you just, you never know. Anyways, uh, here's the, here's the uh, back of the, the card. If you love something, love it completely. Cherish it, say it, but most importantly, show it. Life is finite and fragile. And just because something is there one day, it might not be there the next. Never take that for granted. Say what you need to say, then say a little more. Say too much, show too much, love too much. Everything is temporary but love. Love outlives us all. I know that's uh, another uh, kind of emotional uh, opener for the show. Sorry, uh, Whitney and Lee, for, (laughs) for doing that to you guys, but... Uh, it's important I think for me to, to get this kind of stuff out there And uh, I encourage you all To kind of go forth Live long and prosper May the force be with you And, and love each other All right. Uh, with that Please enjoy uh, and celebrate These two lovely people Who love each other very much And we'll, we'll get into all that uh, The Lees We the Lees Whitney and Lee Alright Enjoy this episode of The Rambler. Enjoy. <laughs> we'll work through the, the audio things. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> as long as the connection is clear, I've been having issues lately, not on FaceTime, but on Skype, weirdly, with connection yeah. things. I think it's on the receiving end, because I, I pay. I feel like I pay a lot of money for the internet here, but... That just have, might be, yeah. I, I don't know. We <laughs> yeah. completely know yeah. how that is. <laughs> oh, we have a monopoly down here with Comcast. Oh, Comcast. Comcast. I have not heard good things about Comcast. Oh, I, uh, it's a nightmare. I uh, had Time Warner when I lived in uh, North Carolina, and it was terrible. Yeah. And I'm very happy to have moved back to New York where Verizon Fios is yeah. abundant. It's we kind of, much a
1: no option. Nope. so
0: and that's the majority of the country i feel like there's just no options it's like yeah. oh are you, it. are you screwed with one internet choice oh that's too bad well it's us or bust so deal with it so
1: pay <laughs> a million dollars a
0: month and have no customer service yes and- <laughs> well do you prefer dial-up because we can refer you to a yeah, exactly. dial-up service <laughs> <laughs> oh my word oh yeah yeah that's- it's exactly the internet situation I think for the majority of the country, which is why I'm so happy Google Fiber is burgeoning yeah. in some markets. Yeah, they have like an actual like they've been building out the cable and stuff here,
1: mm-hmm. but we're a little bit east of town, and so I think it's gonna be forever. Uh,
0: yeah. Where are you guys located right now?
1: We're like right. Have you been to Nashville?
0: I've never been to Tennessee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> miles from downtown Broadway probably like we're really not that far out where we could walk to the airport we're really close
0: that's but, pretty close it's, uh, do you have to like walk on a major highway to do that it sounds very dangerous
1: it's super close but it's like considered far enough out from like metro proper Uh uh-huh. it'll be forever before is there do. like a lot
0: of are there more abundant choices of internet and things to do in downtown than there are where you are
1: I think, well, they probably have AT&T down there. They do have AT&T. Too, mm-hmm. And then Comcast. And then soon they'll have fiber. So they we, oh,
0: yeah
1: like five miles closer, we could probably have all that.
0: Who's providing the fiber?
1: Google. Google.
0: Oh, Google? That's their next thing is Tennessee, Nashville?
1: Yeah, they've been building here for probably a year and a half now.
0: Wow. So what um, they're expecting, uh, is that already a service that you can get right now if you had moved well, closer?
1: Pretty soon, I think, maybe next year.
2: They're up within a year, I yeah, think. Yeah, but Oh, cool.
0: man, I'm jealous. I have a feeling I have to move back to North Carolina at some point in time, and Google Fiber has announced, like, the triangle down there, like, Raleigh-Durham is going to get Google Fiber, and I'm, like, tempted. I'm like, I know it'll be an hour away from work, but maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll have a self-driving car by then. <laughs> I can just eat it. Car, yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. This is the dream. I know there have been a lot of accidents lately, but I'm like, I could just, maybe the technology will be there. I can have Google Fiber and just sleep on the way to work. And it. It'll just deliver me to my job.
1: I do not blame the technology. I totally blame the people.
0: Right, because it'd be people like me who are like, I could just sleep. I could yeah, just sleep exactly. on the highway. I could Pokemon Go this whole time and not have to pay attention to the road or driving. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm um, the issue.
1: Come on down to the south. We'll triple the adoptee population down here. <laughs> Are
0: yeah. you guys like the only adoptees in, in Nashville? Do you feel yeah, like
1: we doubled when Lee moved here when we got married?
0: Yeah, there's yeah. not many. Yeah. Well, Lee, well, why don't we start with you? Okay, we'll start with you. Uh, not by your choice, by mine.
2: Not... <laughs> Pretty I much. Like yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: ha- what brought you to Tennessee? All right.
2: You? So what brought me to Tennessee was. Pretty much Whitney. We got, we ended up getting married and she was uh, finishing up her, um, her her MBA and she was right in the middle of her program. So it was either I'm moving or she's moving. So. <laughs> and where were you living at the time? <laughs> at that point, I was living up in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. That's like the middle of Pennsylvania.
2: Right there, right? Central Pennsylvania, right there.
0: Yeah. Where does that fall on the pop soda line? <laughs> pop soda line.
2: What do you call it?
1: The
0: pop loaded soda divide.
2: I would say pop. you're 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 close. I'd say Coke or Pop.
0: You'd say Coke, <laughs> Coke or Pop.
2: You'd say Co- Coke.
0: Coke. Are you from Coke. Georgia? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> they call everything Coke. Sprite is Coke. Everything. Yeah, Coke.
0: exactly. Well, where where did you grow up, Lee?
2: <laughs> okay. Well, actually, I grew up grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I lived there all my life. So this is my only move was down here to Nashville. Really. Yeah. So you yeah. like went
0: to college and everything in Harrisburg too,
2: right? Actually, on the outside of Harrisburg, um, at uh, Central Pennsylvania College, now probably university, but yeah, it's only about fifteen, twenty minutes outside of Harrisburg, right there.
0: Wow. So you like grew up in and around Central PA
2: my whole life. Yeah. Your whole like, how was that? It's it was it's been an adjustment to come down here. <laughs> It big adjustment, but yeah, a lot of Amish up there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Dutch country and the Amish country, as it were.
2: A good food, good country food.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Hershey's right near me, so.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Be around chocolate my whole life was great.
0: <laughs> Hershey Park. Did you go on the ride where they teach you how to have the chocolates made?
2: Absolutely, and that's one of Whitney's favorite that is places my favorite to go. Thing. Every really? summer, gotta go to the Hershey. I go, I go we like the know the song. There's the a
0: song. Yeah. There's a song. There's not a song.
2: There,
1: there is a song. But What's
0: the you, song?
1: There you has to go. Yeah.
0: Do you guys know the song? Winnie knows the song. I know the song a little bit.
1: I don't know if I could sing it right now.
2: Hershey chocolate. Hershey chocolate. Hershey chocolate world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's amazing. I had no idea there was a song. I probably haven't been there since I was like nine or something.
1: Oh, you have yeah. to go. It's amazing. So and it's changed. Totally narrated by dancing cows. Like it's a nice dancing experience.
0: cows. It's dancing awesome. cows. Wow. <laughs> no, I think because uh, my parent, well, my dad's side grew up in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Okay. Which is way east, right? It's like way east of Harrisburg. Yeah. But a good thing about Pottsville, and I don't think there's a world for it, but they are the source of Yingling beer oh which uh, we grew up drinking because it used to be like past blue ribbon it was like 50 cents a can or a bottle for like yingling and now it's you know like eight dollars or whatever Yeah,
2: the water. yeah. That's funny.
0: but we went to hershey's yeah we went to hershey's i think once or twice
2: yeah yeah it's yeah it's a good it's a it's a fun place to go so much to do there um Effect. Oh yeah, that's right. I did uh, I did play with Hershey's Symphony for almost ten years there.
0: What is that? What's a Hershey's Symphony? Do you guys only play that song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <that's> right. <laughs> well, actually we were one of the largest all volunteer orchestras in the country, made up of about eighty local musicians. Uh-huh. Right from people in high school all the way up into people in their eighties. <laughs> wow.
0: What what it, instrument did you play for the Hershey's uh, symphony?
2: I played violin.
0: You play violin? Yes, I do. When did you start learning violin?
2: So I started learning violin in in sixth grade. My um, my small private school required us to take up a stringed instrument. So you had your choice between either violin, viola, bass, or cello. Wow, just choosing violin and kept it up ever since.
0: You so you went to a private school where they required you to play a string instrument?
2: Isn't that crazy? Yes.
0: And you have white parents?
2: Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: I feel really, like that can be the more like that couldn't be more Asian. Like you will play a string instrument, you will play it well.
2: You learn, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice.
0: So you played violin. How long did you do that for?
2: So I'm still doing it today. So really,
0: do you still play for the Hershey Symphony, even though you're in Nashville? <laughs> a
2: little uh, difficult. Unfortunately, three years ago, ever since I moved down here, I had to give that up. So that was one of my big give up give ups for for love. <laughs> But yeah, it's okay. So down here, I just I play here and there. So oh yeah, what I did up there.
0: Wow, so you um, really kept that up, huh? I
2: did. I did. You must be pretty good. I can I can play around a little bit. Yeah, Nah. really, really good.
0: How so? How long? Like how? I don't want to give away your age, but how many years on
2: average have you played violin? What grade
1: did you start in?
2: Sixth grade. So it would be probably eighteen years now. That's a good amount of time.
0: You have, like, at least a high school diploma in violin playing. <laughs> that's no. a good way to put it, yes. I like, that. <laughs> I like violin seems to me like it's such a vexing instrument to me. I'm like, that's advanced. I played piano as a kid for, like, six years, but violin, it just seems so, like, nuanced and, like, very mysterious, like... You know, I don't even really know how to play guitar without my fingers getting, like, chapped and, like, really, uh-huh. like, calloused and stuff. Is violin the same way?
2: Exact same way. You just – you start building up a tolerance after playing for such a long period of time that your fingers are just – you know, they just get really, really tough. So you can you can do it forever. Wow. And your holding arm, oh, my goodness. You just – my one bicep always looks funky compared <laughs> to my other one just because, just because of how much I got to hold up the instrument. So.
0: Are, you, are you left-handed or right-handed?
2: I'm right-handed. So this is like your holding
0: arm is is becoming your strong arm unnaturally.
2: That's exactly right. So if I have to punch somebody, it's going to be with the left hand at all. You
0: should have like evened it out by getting a job at an ice cream shop. That's That's right. Oh, I like that. I I do. I feel like for a couple of years at least, you would have been like at least even with both (laughs) arms. That's it. So what kind of of music does the Hershey Symphony play just other than that song? I assume you play the
2: song. Other than that song, they play a lot of classical music and then within the last few years I know they've started really trying to hit a lot of like contemporary music, like all the Disney themes, movie themes, things like that.
0: Oh really? Like what what like big movie themes?
2: Like um Star Wars was a huge one. Oh yeah? Or Star Wars. Nice. Yeah, um Harry Potter. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know it, any songs from Harry Potter. <laughs>
2: No, it's not Oh, that's a great soundtrack. Pretty much anything John Williams.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. did John Williams do Harry Potter?
2: Um, he. I am not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. He touched basically everything. He might have done. I mean, they have a million movies, so he might have touched one of them.
0: That's true. Yeah, he's pretty prolific in terms of the movie scores. That's have right. Have you listened to the four? Are you big into like movie scores
2: because of this? I became really big into movie scores. Oh my yes. goodness, he's such a dork. I am.
0: No, no, I'm the same way. I have a ton of movie scores, and I don't even have the excuse of being like I need to study this for my violin. It's just like I'm a total <laughs> loser who just like loves movie scores. You can ask Anne. It's like stupid. I'm like, oh no, no, no! I heard that the score for The Force Awakens is really good. Rey's theme is supposed to be so good.
2: That is... <laughs> she just mentioned that tonight that The Force Awakens is on Amazon. She's like, oh my gosh, you gotta get it. I'm like, it's so good.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, he totally. <laughs> Like took over my Amazon Music, account, destroyed it. It's just full of these dorky soundtracks. So I'll go and play it, and I'm like, skip, skip, skip. Like I can't. Oh
0: no, my- no. Oh, come on. And first of all, Whitney, there is a difference between a soundtrack and a
2: score. Come oh, on. Exactly. Yeah. Come I on. See. I did not
1: play. I did not have <laughs> a high school diploma in Hershey Symphony. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what was it like to grow up in, in Hershey or Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, as, were you like the only minority there? Were you the only person of color?
2: So, I mean, there were here and there, there were, well, I have a younger brother who's also (laughs) adopted. So me and him, yes, we basically ruled the world right there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would say when it came to like other say Koreans or even Korean adoptees, we didn't have many, um, Koreans growing up, um, in the schools we were in, you know, they were primarily Caucasian, you know, churches we were in primarily Caucasian, even groups that we were around all Caucasian. So yeah, yep. I was growing up. It was just us two. It was, was just, that, how people.
0: was that for you and your brother? Were you like, did you feel like you and him were like alone in the world against everybody?
2: Yeah, pretty much. And then as we grew up, you know, we're both completely different or even opposite. So oh, yeah? even, was completely different. So In which
0: ways he hated instruments? Pretty he said, much, no
2: music. He took up he took up stringed instruments too, just because I did, but then just didn't do anything yeah, with them. Yeah, totally quit. <laughs> he totally. Quit. So what did
0: he do instead? What what was he doing? Like sports? He
2: was sports. Yeah. Sports were big for him. Sports and um, weightlifting. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. He was big into fitness and golf and things like that. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> I feel like golf doesn't fit in very well in the narrative. <laughs> <And go. laughs> what does
0: he do now? Is he still into all that stuff?
2: Well, he well he's still into that, and then he became a chef on top of everything else. Really? Yes. So, what
0: kind of chefing does he do?
2: So he works up there for um, up in Pennsylvania for a huge chain called Wegmans. It might mm-hmm. even be up in New York, but yeah. yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, of course, I know Wegmans. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't have it here. I'd never heard of it before.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Well you got what
0: what's in Tennessee? Like food lion? And Publix. Publix. Publix, yeah, Publix is pretty big. Okay.
2: But yeah, he's been doing that for about two, three years now, ever since he graduated from Culinary Institute of America.
0: Oh, he went to CIA? Where where? In New York? Right, right there in New York. Oh right, yes. I had a meal at CIA last year. I want to go back. <laughs> no, he's dead. I love it. It's like cheap and they're all students so i don't have to tip <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's right i that's
0: mean it's not like cheap cheap it's not like an expensive meal but it's it's delicious and like the service is real good because they're all trying to earn a good grade
2: <laughs> i know right exactly exactly
0: it's kind of the best setup
2: <laughs> <laughs> perfect world well
0: wow, so you got a pretty good job with wegman setup
2: yeah he does he does so he travels a lot with it and uh yeah he loves it he oh loves yeah it.
0: that's awesome but yeah, me know. and my sister were total opposites as well. Like uh so same thing. Like I went very like uh musical theater type of stuff and then she went very sports heavy. <laughs> she went like field hockey and soccer yeah. and lacrosse and everything. I was like, you oh, lacrosse, I don't know. <laughs> I could get hit in the face with a ball. I <laughs> sounds terrible. And then she also uh so she went to Johnson and Wales in Rhode Island, which is another okay. good cooking school. And she learned no cooking, <laughs> which I'm kind of mad about. I'm like, oh, that would have been – that would have worked out very well for me, I feel like, in the end. We'll send
2: Lee's brother to visit you sometime. There you go.
0: Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, if, or if he ever wants to do a guest chef job at the CIA, I mean, I'll take the trip back up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does he ever, like, say, like, I'm in the CIA? <laughs>
1: He's totally. Should.
0: I've about that. He should say that. No, he never
1: does. Oh no. man,
0: you should tell him the, I mean, like I used to work for the CIA. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> skills to make a delicious meal for you.
1: <laughs> he so, amazing. He does he does family Thanksgiving's
0: now. Nice.
1: <laughs> Wait, for you
0: guys or just for any family?
1: Well, yeah, for the family there. So if we happen to be in Pennsylvania then, we get to enjoy we it. We get to enjoy but it. But he's exactly. amazing.
0: Super. Have you guys gone back up to Pennsylvania?
1: We are not good about being there on actual holiday dates. Right. Yeah, normally other times during the year.
2: Just because I just hate going up with all the crowds and stuff. Yeah, so we're travel. like, oh, yeah. Big travel yeah. day. We'll go the week after, the week before. That's but.
0: probably a smarter plan, actually. Yeah, I bet it's cheaper, too.
2: Oh, absolutely. It is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like Tennessee, I don't like I don't know. Do you guys drive or do you fly up?
1: Oh, no. We fly. We <laughs>
2: fly.
0: How long is that drive going to be from Nashville to Harrisburg? Get it one
2: time. Um, it's about 12 hours. So Ugh. 12 hours. No. Mm.
1: If it's over like 4 anymore, like we've gotten so old we're like, uh, too you <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys are not that old.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't sit that long. My back. <laughs>
0: I feel you on that one, yeah. So what did you study in uh in college? So you, which college did you go to?
2: Uh I went to Central Pennsylvania Central College. Central
0: Pennsylvania?
2: Yes, and I studied uh business administration slash finance.
0: Okay. What got you into that? You're just like good at numbers?
2: Uh, I here's another Asian thing. Yes, I I I love numbers ever since I was young. And really? Then, finance yeah i just got into it i don't know what i i think it's just genetic but
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> For, but you got them and not me man
2: <laughs> tell me
1: about your mom's vegetables oh yeah
2: so when i was really really young i used to drag my um my wagon around our neighborhood i uh-huh. would go in my garden pick all her vegetables she would she had this small garden that she would she would just loved all these vegetables and growing them yeah but before she able to pick them, I'd go out there real quick and pick them, and then go around the neighborhood and go sell them all.
0: Did did your mom give you permission for this, or was this like a rogue
2: operation? I did. That was my first business venture, and I'm like, huh, that's 100% profit right there.
0: I'm going to have my own farmer's market, mom. There's nothing you can do about it. That's it. Did you make a lot of money off of this?
2: I did, because who... Who's going to turn away a little five-year-old boy <laughs> dragging his wagon around our neighborhood asking asking for vegetable money?
0: <laughs> what kind hey, of like veg- so- vegetables were you selling?
2: Uh, probably tomatoes, carrots. Pumpkins were huge. Pumpkins were one of our big things. Really? Suc- yes. Nice. So she- was that like yeah. around
0: Halloween? You were like, oh, everybody's going to want some pumpkin.
2: Actually, it was more like in probably the summertime. Maybe like August. Really? So, August, September. Yeah. Wow. Just because I I was dragging it around, they they bought it, they bought it.
0: So from being a child, you're like this little like Warren Buffett entrepreneur.
2: Absolutely. I think that got my feet well with it. So that's I just kind of went with it. So that's that that's how I fell in love with pretty much finance and business mm-hmm. and all that.
0: All right. So uh, what'd you do after college? What was the story after that?
2: So after college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, graduated back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the job market was – it was okay. But I, like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I eventually applied at um, the Social Security Administration. Really? And they they took me on as a retirement specialist. So before I got on with them, I worked for a bank for a few months. Uh-huh eventually transitioned right to them. So, and that's who I've been with ever since.
0: So what kind of retirement advice would you give to oh. the general oh. audience?
2: <laughs> so to my audience, all I can say is just save, save, save <laughs> plan for everything. Don't even plan uh-huh. on social yeah, don't there. Count on social- uh, don't count on it. A, don't count on Yeah. Don't count on social security. I mean, count on it a little bit, but not that much.
0: Uh-huh. Don't be because- dependent on social security.
2: Exactly. Don't be dependent. Exactly. It's supposed to be a supplement. <laughs> Um but yeah, just look to someday you all wanna stop working. <laughs> someday. Yeah. You know? And uh yeah, start now. Start now versus waiting until later. Cause the longer you wait, the harder it's gonna be.
0: So I did see that uh I don't know if you watched the last week tonight show with John Oliver, but he had a whole like episode on uh retirement planning. Really yeah, not getting screwed and saving now. And it was like, let me think, see if I can remember. So it was like, yeah, start saving now, okay. invest in low risk index funds.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: Get a fiduciary, not just like a financial planner or something like that, but somebody who actually has to have your best interest in mind. Yes. Um, And I don't remember the last part. <laughs> there was like four <laughs> steps, but those seem pretty like, like good. And I'm still like, ah, how do I get a low index, uh, low risk <laughs> index fund? Like, how do I do that? <laughs> It was like how he was explaining like how even like one percent like fees could like really kill you in the end. Like they even though it seems like one percent it could be really like thirty percent of your savings in the end, something like that. I'm like, what? How does that even work? I don't understand banking.
2: It is, it is. Those fees add up and they're just like those hidden fees and all that, they mm-hmm. just they kill they kill what you make. You know, they,
1: social and
2: financial Oh, I I also do financial planning. Oh, but are you a fiduciary? <laughs> I have everybody. Yes, I am. I have everybody. <laughs> absolutely, I am. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna have to ask you if you want to like manage my finances
2: now because I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: We oh, oh, start. Uh, make sure your employer matches your 401k. I think was the other absolutely. day. Absolutely,
2: yeah, that's because it's free money. Yeah, you know? yeah. 100% return for the most part, like if they match dollar for dollar. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that was the last uh, last piece of advice was make sure your employer matches all, all the 401k stuff.
2: <laughs> Not, yeah, exactly. Take advantage yeah. of it. That's awesome. You remembered all those steps. Holy cow.
0: Hey, John Oliver, humor equals me <laughs> ingesting information more easily. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend any of the listeners to go watch that because it's actually a really good like 20-minute rant. It was like, and there was a lot of things on like Forbes and stuff like that and and okay. there were a couple other magazines that commented and some were like, don't take his advice. He doesn't know what he's talking about and other things that were like, no, that's really sound advice but we advise these other things as well on top of it and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was just like, well, as long as like at least four pieces of advice were like pretty sound, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Exactly. Yeah, that's really
1: good. We'll have to look it up.
0: Because yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs>
2: Financial planning. (laughs) Well, we will talk. We will talk later.
0: Excellent. Yeah, if you ask my sister, who's even worse with financial planning, I I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because it's a funny story. (laughs) My dad is a is a CPA, and he asked my sister when she got her job, like, "Does your job offer a 401k?" And she was like, "Yes." He's like, "Okay, do you know what that means?" He's like, and she said, "Well, 401." Is the area code that I live in and K stands for Christina, so it's for me. (laughs) He was like, Nope. Good guess, but that's not what a 401k is. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Oh my god. So for all my younger listeners, that's not what a 401k is. No. (laughs) Just know that your employer should match dollar for dollar. (laughs) And start saving now.
2: <laughs> That's exactly right. I
0: know the Rambler is not usually here for good sound financial advice, but in this case,
2: yes, <laughs> that, is, that, is, is,
0: that is that is. Is there anything on top of that people should know
2: about? You mean like planning for your retirement or just planning, planning for
0: finances? <laughs> I saw The Big Short. Don't invest in the housing market.
2: Okay. Oh my goodness! The Big Short. That was such a good movie. That explained it to a T. Um, to a frightening
0: degree, it was like, I didn't realize I was going to watch a horror movie when I put it on. I thought this is going to be funny. And then I was like horrified at the end.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
2: I'd say probably one, a really good piece of advice is to start for those that haven't started or, or, are coming up short of it, start saving for an emergency fund as well.
0: How much do you have in your emergency fund?
2: Have anywhere between three to six months set aside.
0: Of your salary?
2: Yes, exactly. Um, just in case of any any type of loss out there, so that you know, in case you need to make some type of big purchase, you don't got to put it on credit cards. Mm. You can just pay cash for it, and it.
0: But what if I have rewards on my credit card?
2: <laughs> well, that's a good thing. You just keep paying it off. Of credit cards aren't bad. I'm not saying credit cards are, are bad at all. No, credit cards are phenomenal. Especially well, yeah. all we use them all the time. And for the rewards, oh my goodness, we maximize as much as rewards as we can get. But the emergency fund on top of that is just set aside and mm. you ever need it. So, like, if you needed something something big broke and you need to just pay for it, yeah, you can swipe your credit card, but then you have your emergency fund to then pay that credit card off with. Ah.
0: So supplement all your stuff with your emergency fund. Exactly. Just this is think. the best sound advice I think we've gotten on the show so far. <laughs> Not <laughs> related to adoption. That's it. <laughs> So, when did you really speaking of adoption? Yeah, okay. Start yeah. start getting involved in all this kind of stuff. When did you start thinking about it with you and Did your brother ever talk about it with you? Did you talk about it with your parents, or was it just like all self reflective?
2: So here's kind of what happened. Give you kind of a background on that. So growing up, my brother and I, you know, we were exposed to like adoption or adoptee groups maybe once a year because my mother would. You know, helped to uh, run a run a local dinner every year, and mm-hmm. that was for a lot of Koreans and Korean adoptees and their families. But growing up, my brother he was never really big into adoption, so it's never been really kind of an issue with him. Is he younger so, or older? Four years younger than me. Okay, Or than me. Um, and then uh, I would say back in around 2010, so 2010. It's kind of my pivotal year. Um, There was a big conference that came to Harrisburg. Um, It was uh, for Korean adult adoptees, and I ended up going. And after that conference, I just got this huge feeling of like, I want to know where I came from. I want to go see my birth country. I want to just – all of a sudden, I went from zero to 100 with not being Korean to all of a sudden being 100% full-blooded Korean. I want to know everything about it. (laughs) A lot of us have experienced that yeah. before, so and that was just like yeah, like I said, zero to a hundred. And who hosted um, that thing? Um, it was the Con conference, the Korean Adult. Adult oh,
0: okay. Conference. They um, just had that in Pittsburgh. Did you guys went to that? Right. Presented this
1: year.
2: Yes.
0: How was so, that?
1: Really good. really
0: good. It was really good. It was a
1: good experience. We, well, we have a lot of history. He can get to that. We do. We have a lot of history with Khan.
0: Well, so what's the history other than this uh, this Harrisburg conference in 2010?
2: Well, we we actually met at Khan. We met at Khan in Albany, New York in 2012.
0: Oh, okay.
2: That's actually how we hit it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without Khan, we wouldn't have met. Right. So, yeah. But, so, uh, so
0: what was the experience? So you went to zero from 100. Yeah. American to Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yes, I, that whole pendulum swung, swung curry, and all of a sudden. So after that, then I just we booked a we booked a trip to Korea that following April. Mm-hmm. So the conference was in uh, July, August, and that following April, went to Korea for the first time, and we went um, on yeah. a tour. Yeah. My my uh, my mom, my godmother, and myself. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't want to go because he didn't want to starve for two weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't <laughs> doesn't like kimchi. Exactly. What about barbecue? Come on.
2: Oh, right? Barbecue's good.
0: Barbecue. Everybody loves smoked meats. I
2: mean. That's Central Pennsylvania right there. Yeah. You you could deal with that. Come on. But but yeah, so for two weeks, we went and toured the entire country, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then after, you know, getting back, I started getting involved with a ton of adoptee groups. Luckily, in Central Pennsylvania, there are actually a lot of them in that area. Which Um, ones? There's one called uh, Central Pennsylvania Adult Adoptee Group. Uh, there's one right outside of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a lot down in uh, Maryland. So you know, we had three. I had three different areas that I could go through.
0: Is Maryland uh, close to you?
2: Yeah, uh, Maryland's within about an hour to an hour and a half away from me. Wow, I
0: didn't even know.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: My idea of central Pennsylvania is like Ohio.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. 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 A little bit better in Ohio. Okay.
0: Oh, Ohio. I, don't, I don't think I have any listeners in Ohio. It's totally cool. All right. So, but for any potential listeners, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So what? What? Like, what did you do in Korea? Like that first time with your mother and your godmother?
2: So what we did was we did a tour, and it was like we saw like everything you could possibly see, squeezed <laughs> into two weeks. So we were on a we were on a a small bus and we just toured that entire country got to go to you know from seoul to Busan, which is where i was actually born at okay you know gongju uh we went to jeju island nice uh, we did a combination of everything and just getting a chance to see all the sites so and that's what i really wanted my first trip just to kind of immerse myself and just seeing everything yeah so, so
0: I- like no adoption stuff just purely cultural trying to
2: figure out the lay of the land Exactly. We did one day where we went to, um, visit, um, hold international where, you know, and visit the agency there Mm -hmm. It was a last minute thing. That's just because when I got there, I kind of wanted to go check it out. Mm -hmm. And so we did it on a spur of a moment, but we weren't even planning on doing it. But for the most part, the entire trip, just tourism. All
0: right. So like you just, yeah, just figuring it out. I mean, what'd you do? Did did you, you didn't dig deep into Holt or anything like you just kind of visited for a day?
2: Just visited for a day, talked with a social worker for probably under an hour, and you know, kind of laid the groundwork in case down the road I wanted to do anything. But that was it. So what happened
0: when you got back? Or like, was it overwhelming or anything like that? Or was it just like, this is so awesome, I can't believe like this whole other culture exists? Like, what, what was it? It was like
2: what was cool to me was when I when I started walking down the street in Seoul for the first time. I'm like, huh. They're not looking at me. Now, my mom is Caucasian, so they were, of course, staring at her. But with me, I just blended right in. I'm like, huh, they just they think I'm one of them, you know, un- unless I open my mouth and then realize I'm a foreigner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was. So when I got back, it was a lot of just wanting to go back and learn more and see it more. And so, you know, eventually that's what happened down way down the road. But, uh, so yeah. did you work towards that? Um, say that again?
0: Did you work towards going back and everything?
2: So what happened was, you know, I was thinking about going back about two years after that. But before, <laughs> I, before I went back, I ended up going to Khan in Albany. And that's where I met Whitney, which put those plans on hold. <laughs> 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 like way on hold since she was in Nashville here. So oh, um, yeah. eventually we returned to Korea, you know, as a married couple. The following year yeah actually so um,
0: what, what was the the spark in 2012 in albany <laughs> the spark
1: it depends on which version of the story all right
0: we'll, we'll hear lee's version first <laughs> and then we'll move over to
2: you later that sounds good that sounds good so <laughs> <laughs> so it was um it was at a at an early morning session on Saturday morning, I wasn't even thinking about getting up that, that morning. I don't get up in the mornings for starters, let alone go to a session that that I may or may not even be interested in. <laughs> so I just kind of meandered into it and sat in the back, and she was in the front doing that thing that I, that most annoyed me, where people just start asking questions and are sitting in the front and always have their hand raised. I'm just rolling <laughs> my eyes in the back. But yet, she was asking so many like good questions that You know, if I was sitting up front, I'd probably ask the same things, but right now I'm just half asleep, so we'll let this girl do it.
0: Like, what stuck out to you? Which, uh, which questions?
2: I would say, what were the questions? What was the panel on? Panel was on, great, you're asking, (laughs) you're asking, this is awesome. (laughs) See, that's it's almost like a blur because what I can remember is what I did after the session, which was going up, going right up to her and starting asking questions about like, you know, her past, her adoption, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so
1: you asked me about my family, her family. family.
2: So I would say this session had something to do with, you know birth families or something like that because somehow some way or another i ended up just getting the courage to go up there or walk up to her and just start asking her about her birth fame a little bit oh yeah it's
0: yeah. very personal to ask about
2: <laughs> yeah. a first meeting <laughs> but she was sharing so much information i'm like ah eh, she probably wouldn't mind sharing it with me so
0: she's open she's open <laughs> she to hope. it
2: like an open book right now it's not good <laughs> whatever yeah. So, so what happened
0: after that? So you're asking questions and then you're like, uh, well, you want to keep answering these cuz we could do this over dinner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, we that afternoon. So we ended up going to a couple other sessions um, you know, throughout the day and then that afternoon we just sat down and had had a cup of coffee together and just started talking even more in depth for probably a good hour or two. And wow. uh and from there, like I said, we I think we hit it off. <laughs>
0: From your seat, you were like, this is working out real well.
2: This is pretty sweet. I'm doing really good, and she seems like she cares about what I'm saying, so it sounds good. Did I but mention
0: that I played violin with the Hershey Symphony <laughs> for many years?
2: I forgot to bring my violin to Albany that week, so that's okay. I'm <laughs>
0: trying to like, serenade her outside of her room.
2: <laughs> that's it. What is
0: that noise? Oh, it's a violin.
2: Oh, just my violin. It's all right. Don't worry. No, no don't big
0: worry. deal. I'm just a master at this. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys kind of been together since then, huh?
2: We have, yeah. yeah.
0: So was that did. like, were you just trying to play it cool? You're like, no, we're just friends or whatever. And then, oh, you live in Tennessee? I'll come visit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll call you.
2: No, it was it was full force right after. That. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was pretty aggressive on that one. Oh wow. And so we made um, long distance shorts. So we started dating pretty much long distance because I was still living in, in Harrisburg there. She was down here in Nashville. So luckily, the airport in Nashville was pretty close to where she was living at the time. So, I mean, we would fly back and forth usually about every week. Wow. Two sometimes. That's but yeah. Frequent. It was very, very free- frequent. Yeah. Are
0: flights expensive from Harrisburg to Nashville? <laughs> yes. Goodness.
2: Hence why we got married so fast. So we didn't have like a really long engagement or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. We were just sick of paying for flights every week. It's less
0: expensive this way.
2: It Good. actually was.
1: Our mortgage is so much cheaper than the flights. That we would take <laughs> yeah.
0: I can imagine that. Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh like what's been happening since then? So so you guys got married? Where'd you get
2: married? So we got married in May of two thousand thirteen. Um, we were actually we were actually married on a cruise ship. Nice um, in a, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and then I relocated down to Nashville here, and mo- you know moved down here in in June actually. And I've um, been here ever since. Um, but things have been things have been really good. You know, we've done a lot of traveling. Um, been, to been to Korea twice. Um. Where else have we been? Just all over. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we travel a a lot. Hawaii. Cool. Well,
0: we're going to move over to Whitney and hear her side of the story. Okay. (laughs) Before we move on to We the Lees and what sparked all that. But first, Whitney, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Um... Let's see. From the beginning, my childhood was actually pretty similar to Lee's, minus the adopted sibling. So I was kind of just like the Lone Ranger in Connecticut. (laughs) Connecticut is where I grew up from. Connecticut,
0: not Tennessee.
1: Yes. No, not Tennessee. Um, So I was in Connecticut until I was 12, and then my middle and high school years were in Ohio, and then college on in Tennessee. So, yeah, I was definitely, like, the only Asian kid in my school. Like, I honestly can barely remember seeing an Asian ever until college, and there was one other Asian friend that I had. <laughs> that was totally it. So, um, yeah, I was definitely the only one. I'm the youngest out of five siblings, mm-hmm. um, but the youngest by far. The next youngest is 10 years older than me.
2: Oh, Wow. I-
1: siblings who were 20 years older than me all right so i was kind of raised like an only child because none of them like i don't ever remember living with any of them you know they were older and out of the house so um i was pretty spoiled but <laughs> it was um
0: did they like come back and like dote on you and spoil you with oh, all they that totally stuff did.
1: like i totally i i always thought of them as like my aunts and uncle you know more than my brother and sister mm-hmm. Because we had that relationship where they would, like, come visit, and it was, like, exciting, and they would bring me gifts, and never, like, sibling rivalry or, like, fighting over, like, get out of my bedroom or anything like that. Because you're, like, the baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was totally spoiled. Uh Um, (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I went through most of grade school, you know, that way. And I was – Lee, you know, had – a little bit like once a year as far as adoptee groups and Korean things that he was involved in and my parents like always tried to involve me in that stuff but I was like totally stubborn I wanted nothing of it like I was like insistent that I was white oh yeah you know? was not you know like I hadn't no, I didn't want anything to do with like Korean anything
0: so there are people who are confused by that right there are people who are like I don't understand that you could try deny like what you look like in the mirror but I'm like I had that I was like I mean not like I was denying I was Korean but it was like I felt white I had white friends I looked expected to see a white guy in the mirror when I looked in the mirror really? I mean is that pretty much what you were going through
1: Yeah, it definitely was like I can remember um, begging my mom when I was I don't know, I must have been like eight to 10 um, to let me dye my hair. I wanted blonde hair like my Barbies, you know, it's like, (laughs) thank God she didn't let me because that would have been a total disaster. Um, But yeah, I totally had that experience of like, of course, if I looked in the mirror, like I knew that I looked different from everybody else, but Mm -hmm. it was. I don't know. I don't think denial is the right word, but it was just like I didn't feel like what I looked like, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So um, after high school, um, I moved to Nashville for my undergrad work, and that was in 2005. So mm-hmm. I've been here about 10 years now.
0: And what um, was the undergrad work in?
1: Um, also business and accounting, actually. Oh,
0: more numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sensing a theme. <laughs>
1: We speak in binary code at our house, <laughs> all numbers.
0: <laughs> so this works out well. This is like a real team here.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I also did um, business for my undergrad, and then, like Lee said, I finished MBA work a couple years ago. hmm So, um, yeah, I came here for that, and... When I graduated, um, so the economic downturn was in 2008, and then mm-hmm. I graduated in 2009. I'm trying to find a job, and everyone was like, We're not interested. I don't even know how many resumes I sent out. It was like the absolute worst experience. Yeah. So I was totally panicked. I'm like, Sally Mae is going to want their money back soon. Like, what am I going to do? I was just like, Oh, it was just a horrible time. I can remember that sinking feeling.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so strangely, one day I was walking through the student center and I saw an advertisement for English teachers. I did not study English or education, (laughs) but it was an advertisement for English
0: teachers. You're like, I'm desperate. I speak English. I can do this.
1: Give me a paycheck. I will (laughs) So of course of all places, it was in Korea. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? I'll just apply. So I sent in that application, and they responded in a couple of weeks, and they're like, "When can you come?" And I was like, "Oh crap!" Like I didn't.
0: <laughs> <ask>. <laughs> <That was laughs> Shit! I did not think oh, this through. My goodness, what have I done? So it was my only offer. It was like the only interview that I'd had. And uh-huh. I was
1: like, okay, like I guess this is it. So I remember calling home to my parents. In Ohio, and I said, great news. I finally got a job. And they're like, oh, thank God. You know, like, they're, like, so relieved. You don't
0: have to move back. Oh, no. oh yes. <laughs>
1: and um, they said, well, is it at the school? Are you going to stay in Nashville? What's going to happen? I was like, Um, it's in Korea. And they are like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Um. So after a few months, I just got on the plane and just <laughs> moved to Korea. Like, I had... Had previously no interest in this place that all of a sudden, like, I'm just returning to 22 years after.
0: Hold down. on, like, that wasn't their final reaction, it was like, I can't believe you're moving to Korea.
1: Like, at first they were just, like, totally stunned, and they were like, like, is this a joke? Are you <laughs> I was like, no, seriously, like, I explained the whole thing, I saw this flyer, blah, 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 blah. They and so then they were like, this is awesome. Like, they were totally excited. Because, like, yeah? I, they had always wanted me to be interested in Korea growing up. Oh, really? Totally was not. And so they're finally like, yes! Like, we got through, <laughs> finally.
0: <laughs> All it took was a little bit of economic desperation. <laughs> if only we had no.
1: <laughs> she was afraid she was going to be homeless. It's fine. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they were – They, I think – Honestly, they were more excited than I was. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is awesome. We're going to come visit you, like, while you're there working and stuff, which mm-hmm. they did. Um, so they were super excited. So my Korean year was in 2010. All of 2010. Um, oh, okay. Until February 2011, I was in Korea. So I was just... Um, I, was, I had a great program. I was very fortunate. If anybody's interested in going to teach English, you really need to do your research because not every program will take care of you the way that they say that they will.
0: So which one um, did you do?
1: I went through um, the Nazarene University there, which was a sister school to my college here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were in charge of the English teaching program for the public city schools there. So it was run by this organization at the university, but you were teaching in public school. <laughs> um, so they put me up; they gave me a great paycheck. It was like room and board, like everything was taken care of. Paid for paid for my plane tickets, and it was totally great. Um, and I had a really fun experience. Um, I probably had three friends from college who were in the same program as me, so I didn't go over completely alone. So That's that was good. Really- yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so three of my really great friends were there, and we <clears throat> were in a group of probably about 20 students. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we went over as students for our TESOL, and then we were teachers in the classroom. Um, but I was the only Korean. Everybody else was white.
0: Yeah. They love white people teaching English.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's like
0: they recruit them, because they're like, oh, they must speak better English, because they're white. I know.
1: I know. Like, I'm awesome. <laughs> They hired me like I, I really was a little bit shocked by that, um, but it was a really interesting experience um, being the only Korean in Korea in mm-hmm. a group of white teachers. Like, it just made things really confusing for everyone. <laughs> like, I, like
0: I, in what ways for them, for you, for, for the every, kids, for everybody, for the other teachers?
1: I would go out with my friends. barbecue right Mm -hmm. like we would go and we sit down at the restaurant and like immediately the whole staff would come up to talk to me because they thought that I was the trans oh yeah right yeah you know and I'm just like I have no idea what you're saying to me like it made things (laughs) kind of like it was hilarious like the first month but then after I'm like oh my god like I just want to eat like I have 11
0: more months of this
1: (laughs) exactly like it was so much pressure so, um, there was that my students were so confused. They're like, Oh, we have this new English teacher and she's from America and she's going to come teach you like pronunciation and stuff. And then I walk in the classroom and they're like, what the, like,
0: who is this? Mo? <laughs> and they
1: were like, so like, they just couldn't understand.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you're Korean,
1: but like, I'm American and they're like.
0: what grades were were you teaching we
1: don't understand what you're trying to say um so it was it was just made things a lot more difficult than I anticipated
0: oh yeah (laughs) how old were the kids
1: I taught elementary so I taught first through sixth.
0: okay that's a pretty Um, wide range
1: yeah absolutely like every day was totally crazy Um, I did have some sixth graders who had already come to study in the States and then gone back.
0: Oh, wow. Um, So they were, like, fairly advanced and they know, like, all the bad slang.
1: Exactly. So I had a couple of students who, like, it was so random. I had one kid who had studied in Ohio 10 minutes from my parents' house. Of all places, he had come to the States and studied English in Ohio. So um, he was kind of like my little sidekick because when (laughs) I... could not communicate with the rest of the class, he would be my interpreter and stuff. Nice. (laughs) So it was really helpful. But yeah, like I normally would have to rely on that. Like I would have one of my students with pretty good English that I would explain like I was born here, but I was raised in America and like I don't speak Korean. And (laughs) he would have to like go back and translate to the rest of the class. And they were like, you're lying, you're lying. Like you're actually Korean, you're not American.
0: (laughs) They didn't believe you?
1: Like, they totally didn't believe me. So I'd have to show them pictures of, like, these are my parents, these are my siblings, these are my dogs. (laughs) Okay, maybe, maybe she's telling the truth.
0: She could have made all this up. That's crazy. (laughs)
1: That's a very elaborate lie. Um, So it was was an interesting experience. It was super fun. Of course, I had the same experiences that Lee did the first time that he went back. Like, I loved traveling and seeing all these new things, and I loved all the food, Mm -hmm. like, all of that stuff. But at the same time, it wasn't just a two-week visit. Like, I didn't just get to go and then come back and Mm -hmm. only see the good things, you know? Um, It was multifaceted.
0: You were there for a much longer time than two weeks, obviously, though. I mean, did you interact with Goal or any of the adoptee groups over there? Was it just like you and your English teacher friends kind of – Hanging yeah. out and trading stories.
1: It was just me and my friends. Part of that was that um, we weren't teaching in Seoul. We were. About, oh, where were you? We were about two hours south in Chonan.
0: I don't even know where that is, except yeah, two hours right south. Right that sounds okay. Right
1: middle, yeah, of the country. So
0: did you have to take like the KTX up there? What was like was Seoul or Busan closer to you?
1: Um, probably Seoul, but barely. Mm. We we're like kind of right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could take KTX, and KTX was probably, like, 35 minutes. hmm Um, but we would always, like, we would normally take the subway up. We wanted to stop, like, the Army bases and get Mexican food, which was
0: horrible. <laughs> like, the U.S. Army bases? Yes. How did you even get on?
1: The food was terrible. Like, it would be right outside of the gates. Like, oh, like, okay. Like, right <laughs> And so, it was just... Korean people who've never left Korea, you know, trying to make Mexican food for these soldiers. And it was disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it was so expensive. It's not a good
0: experience. Like,
1: you no, know, it was not at all. But that was like, you know, when you really need it, like, make mm-hmm. users. <laughs> <laughs> Take whatever you can get. Um, so, yeah, it was um, super fun, but I also experienced a lot of difficulties during that year.
0: Oh, yeah? Like what?
1: Um, there was just, like, the to- general confusion about my, like, existence as a human. Like, what are you? Uh, I feel like that's what it was. People were just, like, we don't know how to define you. You know, mm-hmm. like, what? so you're American, but you're Korean, like.
0: Why don't you speak like, Korean?
1: Right. Like, choose one. Like, it was just too much for them to, like, comprehend. Um. And so I generally would have, like. If I told somebody that I was adopted, you know, it would be, like, one of two responses. And I hate – equally hated both of them.
0: oh, oh, so sad. Oh,
1: "Oh, we're so sorry. I'm like, you didn't personally – like, you had nothing to do with this.
0: (laughs) No, but there's, like, like a national shame about it.
1: Yeah, it it totally is. You know, that's so true about Korea. Like, everything is, like, our country, our family, our –
0: Oh, yeah, it's a collective.
1: Absolutely. Um, so it was either that it was like pity or it was like, okay, we're gonna make up for this, and g- call me Oni, call me Opa, I'll take care of you, like I'll care for you that like mm-hmm. the way that you were not cared for basically I'm like, no, like <laughs> that's not
0: what oh, I want. no, I know that. I got free taxi rides, I got I, candy. Oh my <laughs> word, I was like, no, 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 no no, I do not want that. <laughs> <laughs> I did I for taxis.
1: It took me a little bit of time to like realize that, like at first, I was like, "Oh, these people are so nice," you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it took a couple of times of getting burnt, realizing that they just wanted like language exchange or
0: you know something <laughs> Why like that. Did they want like, oh, "Oh, you're an English teacher? <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to learn English." Exactly. Exactly. Oh,
1: uh, my test is coming up soon, so you can. Help. <laughs> I got
0: the TOEFL
1: exactly um so it was just kind of like you know it was everything that comes with with traveling a new country as far as like cultural differences and language barriers and things like that Mm -hmm. but it was like i just feel like it was times a 100 you know magnified oh yeah
0: yeah it's like i almost want to make uh like a different version of lost in translation just about, like, adoptees going back to their own countries, because it's like, it takes it to a whole nother level.
2: Yeah,
1: it totally does. And I don't know how, I think it depends on the person. Like, for some adoptees, it's like, like, you just treat it like visiting another country. Like, the same yeah, as... just traveling. Like Europe, yeah, exactly. And for some adoptees, it carries this whole other expectation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me, I really kind of had this expectation of, like, Kind of what Lee was saying about, like, going and blending in for the first time. Like, I was kind of like, oh, it's like, they're going to welcome me home. Like, I don't know what I thought. Like, they're going to roll out the red carpet for me, you know? Um, but it was like...
0: like what, what was your idea of Korea before you went back there?
1: I, I honestly had no idea. Like, I could not have told you anything different between, like, China, Korea, Japan. Like, I had no... Like, it was just Asia, you know? Uh-huh. Like I had no sort of concept of what that was like. Um, one because I wouldn't go to Korean classes to get the education my parents wanted me to get about when I was younger. Sorry, mom and dad. Um and two, you know, like I was just like so disinterested, you know. Like okay, I was yeah. just like you know. Whatever, like I'll figure it out when I get there. Well, like,
0: well, what do you think the impetus behind that was as a, as a younger person? Do you think it was just like, I don't care, I have better things to do? Or was it like a subconscious like, I'm just going to shut that down, that part of my life is over?
1: I think it was a combination of both of those. Um, and added on that is my like pig-headedness. I'm so, so stubborn. So anything- Is that, that- truly. Oh my Very. god. <laughs> oh
0: my god. <laughs> you don't have to answer that.
1: You guys want me to do this, I'm gonna go the exact opposite direction. If they had like, if they had said Whitney, we forbid you from learning anything about Korea, I would be like, Okay, I'm gonna like become I'm gonna have a
0: PhD in Korean exactly. by the end of this.
2: Time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm enrolling tomorrow. Actually, even tonight. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I already got a scholarship.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so true. So I think probably that was the driving force behind most of it combined with those other things. Um but it was just yeah a very strange year um and so on top of all of that that I had going on um let's see I went over in January 2010 and my parents came to visit in September <clears throat> right before the Chuseok holiday um they came to visit for about a week and a half and so while I was there in Korea that whole year they had when we were Skyping and stuff they would say, oh, so have you, like, thought about visiting Holt because you live in Korea <laughs> right now. So, like, <laughs> like, an hour away. Mm-hmm. So, like, have you considered? And I was like, oh, you know, I would always brush it off, brush it off. <clears throat> I finally got so sick of them asking that I was like, fine. You guys are going to come in September. Like, let's just go do this and check it off the list, and then you can stop bothering me about this. <laughs> um, and so, It's I, one but, way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was totally just like, I was such a brat. I still now am, <laughs> kind of. Yep. But I was just Lee is not in his head in agreement. Yeah, so <laughs> true. Um, But I surprised them when they came. Um, They came, I picked them up at Inchon Airport, and I said, so we're going to go to Seoul tomorrow, Um, and I have like a surprise. And he said, okay, what is it? And so I told them that I had scheduled an appointment at Hull and they are just so excited like they had always wanted me to do this wow to kind of like explore my roots they were interested Mm -hmm. um but they really wanted that for me too so it's a it's a different experience I think from a lot of adoptees yeah
0: they were like not only supportive but like pushing you to do it yeah
1: Yeah, definitely they were just they were so ecstatic so I don't think they slept at all that night like my mom was just like so excited to go (laughs) Um, and so we went and I had this whole day planned out, like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to take the train up. We're going to go cross off this whole thing. We'll go have lunch. We'll go do soul tower. Like I had this whole list. Oh
0: wow. It was like a full itinerary.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then everything changed because I went to Holt and, um, I met with my social worker there and she had my file. It was huge. It was this huge stack of papers. Hmm. Um
0: Did you ever see your u s file?
1: Um, I hadn't you know, I know that my parents would have been more than happy to share that with me, but mm-hmm. like I said, I was totally disinterested.
0: Um, what they so, say did they did they exclaim or something when they saw the file and the difference that they had or um, compared to holder or were they like, well, all right?
1: wow, that's a lot of information when she only lived here for six months. (laughs) It was not like I was there for this extended period of time. Uh Um, So, I mean, it was so detailed down to, like, reports from my foster parents Mm -hmm. about Whitney is a really happy baby and she loves to eat. Like, we have to, like, (laughs) limit her her eating because she always wants to eat. Um, Just all of this, like, really detailed information that was just kind of, like, so strange to read about yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so we went through this whole file. It was super duper interesting. It was just stuff that I was like, wow. Like, It's nothing that I had ever put a lot of thought into. So it's not that it was different than what I expected, but it was just like, this is a whole new experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so the last page in my file was actually my family registry.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: my family had left as much information as they possibly could. Wow. Like, all of my parents' information, grandparents, aunt and uncles, like, all of their contact information, like, it was super, like, here it is, <laughs> here it is.
0: Yeah, to be clear, but that is atypical. Like, nobody finds that in their abnormal. file.
1: Abnormal, yeah. My social worker just gasped. She was just like, I— She didn't
0: even know that was in there.
1: Yeah, she said, I never see this, ever, ever, ever. Yeah, and so then her next thing was, you know, if you wanted to do a search, it would be super easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, like that's like, oh, I just got my Ancestry.com paperwork. <laughs>
1: that's exactly <laughs> true. Yeah, it was totally strange. Um, but when she said search, I was like, like, uh, that's not why I came here. Like, Wow,
0: so you were completely unprepared for that possibility at all?
1: No, I wasn't. I hadn't even considered it. I was like, okay, I'll go listen to what the lady has to say. And then I'm going to be hungry. <laughs> we're going to go do these other things.
0: <laughs> Nothing uh, has changed since the foster parents to now.
1: Really? We <laughs> can attest to that, too. Um, yeah, I was completely blindsided, honestly, by that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> now you're like, we're definitely going to eat after this and yeah, drink.
1: Okay. So hungry. <laughs> uh, um, I'm so glad though, that my parents were there. Yeah. They got to see, you know, everything change in that hour from the beginning to the end of that meeting. Um, and it got really serious really fast. And, I can see that. You know, I'll just give you a little bit of time to talk and come find me, you know, when you're done. And so she left me and my parents in the conference room and I was just like, what do I do? Like, I, I don't know what to do. So we talked, we cried, we laughed. Like, we just were like... Ultimately decided this feels like a door that's way too far open to just walk past it. You know, like you've Mm -hmm. got to just go through and and see what happens. Um, So I decided to do it before I left Um, that day. I initiated search. Um, When I left, I was just like, okay, so what are the next steps? Do I So, of course, I had to do the letter and send pictures and she had to translate and all that. And I said, well, when should I expect to hear something? And she said, I'll definitely have an update for you in about a month. And so I was like, okay, that is really soon. Like, that's, that's not that much time for me to kind of, like, try to process this and prepare. So we went through the Chusack holiday, which was, I don't remember, maybe four days.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and she
1: told me, um, like, nothing's going to happen over yeah, the holiday, Yeah, that's right. But start the next week when I come back. And I said, okay. So she, she sent me a letter the next day after Chusack. And she said, okay, I've translated it, and we're sending it out, and, like, kind of the month starts now. I said, okay, that's great. Call me in less than 48 hours. I was at work the next week, and um, I came back from teaching my morning classes, and I had, like, 25 missed phone calls from this number.
0: Oh, wow. Well,
1: he <laughs> needs to get in
0: touch with you now.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what? Like, somebody died? I don't. And I had these text messages, and she said, this is so-and-so from Holt, I need to talk to you immediately. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I called her back, and she was like, are you sitting down? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I want to hear. And she said, I found them, and, and they want to meet you tomorrow. Can you come back to Seoul tomorrow?
0: Did they and live in Seoul?
1: Yeah, they live in Seoul. Really close to the office, actually. And oh, wow. And like, this was not a month. <laughs> it was.
0: this is not what i was promised you need to reschedule this
1: exactly (laughs) hold on hold on hold on so i was like okay it was the same thing like it was just need a little bit of time um so that was um like around lunchtime in korea which was the during the night here in the states and so i said i want to be able to talk to my parents Uh um, right now but and she said okay i understand call me back tonight like sure yeah hours so i was frantically emailing them i'm like call me as soon as you get up i need to talk to you and so i remember sitting at the computer my mom came she said hey what's up is everything okay like sound like you really and i said is dad there and she like so immediately... they're already back
0: home are they like even over their jet lag yet
1: oh they were no not at all like they had only been back for a few days uh-huh um and but as soon as I was like, Is that there? Like she just kinda knew, like intuition what I was gonna say. She just immediately was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like for my dad, get in here, get in here. And I said they called and they found them and they want me to come tomorrow. And she was just like, What are you gonna like, that's not a month, is what she said? I'm like, I know. Um, and so I, I conveyed everything to them. I told them everything that I knew. I said, so surprise, I have a younger brother too. Mm-hmm. I, we had learned from the paperwork that I had a, an older brother, two years older. but We of course didn't know about the younger brother. And so I said, um, there's a younger brother and he goes to school in China and he, neither of the boys knew that I existed and they called him in China and said, get on the next flight and come home. Because you need to come meet your sister. And so I'm like, they're flying this kid from another country. And he's
0: like, what the hell are you talking about?
1: <laughs> it's happening. It was just such a whirlwind. And so the social worker called me and she said, um, so he, he got the next flight, but it's not the next day. He got the next available flight. And so he won't be able to come in until Sunday. So they mm-hmm. want to help he spend the weekend with them at their house. And so I'm just like, well, that's what? not a lot
0: at all. That's just a small ask. It's like,
1: Oh my goodness. It was just so crazy. And so I'm just going a mile a minute with my parents. Like, what do I do? What if I hate them? What if they don't like me? What if I <laughs> what if I did with them? And then I'm there and I'm stuck. Thing, uh-huh. like, And they were just like, okay, you need to take a breath. Like think back to the conference room. Think back to the conversation that we had. Like, this is so wide open for you. Like, just go. Just go and see what happens. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I was so...
0: <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: Easy for you to say,
0: right? So easy. Um, so I went the next day.
1: Um, my older brother was there and my parents were there. And we mm-hmm. met at Colt with my social worker. And she was our uh, translator for the hour that we had in the conference room. Um, it was really... Surreal is definitely the word I would use to describe yeah. it, but also not what I would expect, and I don't think what other people expect when they think about a reunion like that.
0: Well, I think what Car- were you expecting going in? Just a whole bunch of stuff?
1: I think I thought it was going to be like I pictured the Hollywood version of it, like really emotional, like we're sorry, you know, sort of like, like the music is like the violin is swelling <laughs> in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The Hershey Symphony Orchestra is behind you. John Williams is conducting the whole nine.
1: <laughs> um, you know, like, that's what I expected. And I think part of it was um, that everything happened so quickly. You know, it was really unusual. Um, the time frame that I think all of us were still processing. Like, we, you know, we're all still kind of stunned about everything that had happened in just a couple of days. Um, but I went in and it was really pretty emotionless. Um, to be honest, it was not this huge thing, and it was pretty awkward. Like I didn't know, like how do I address them? Like, are you Oma? Oh, oh, are you like because you're my str- you're a stranger too? Like I don't know you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So it was that. It was just kind of like, of course, the language barrier, which um, my social worker was the translator. Like it was just oh my goodness, like, I just didn't know, I just didn't know, like, mm-hmm. about anything walking in, um, but it was good, like, the conversation went really well, they asked me a lot of questions about my family in the States, and, you know, what it was like growing up, I brought a lot of pictures, and um,
2: they were great,
1: you know, we had a really good conversation, and then the social worker's like, okay. It's the end of the workday. I'm gonna go home.
0: <laughs> well, it's a uh, five thirty, and uh, I've been here about a half hour longer than I'm exactly. usually here.
1: Um, so she's like, "Well, you have my number, so call me if you need me." Picked <laughs> <laughs> okay, up. So,
0: See God. ya. Your translators going bye bye. Crazy. And like, you spoke no Korean, really.
1: And I had so I'd been there for nine months, and like I'd said, like there was this expectation everywhere I went that I spoke Korean. So I had a little bit more pressure than my friends who had white faces. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I had studied pretty seriously up until then. Certainly not to like translate a birth family
0: reunion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Through day to day things. Um, And so it was, there was a huge language barrier. Um, I was definitely not at a level to like be on my own for the weekend, the way that I was. Um, but I picked up my bag and I got in the elevator with them and I was just like, what am I? This is so stupid. Why am I doing this?
0: You're being kidnapped by strangers.
1: No, that's exactly what it felt like. And so I just remember going in the elevator and I'm just like wide-eyed, what am I doing? And we're going <laughs> the car to the parking garage. And my older brother is there who had, you know, we would both just everybody had relied on the translator the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: he, turned, he looked at me and he said in perfect English. Um, well, are you hungry? What do you want to eat? <laughs> 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 I'm like, I to eat
0: here. Oh <laughs> man.
1: Understand a word that I'm saying, and I'm just like, are you serious?
0: <laughs> like, I am starving.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, his English was not perfect and my Korean was not perfect, but we totally made it work that weekend. Um
0: well, that's lucky.
1: Two night- oh, absolutely. I was there two nights with them before my brother from China came, and his English is like amazing.
0: Oh, yeah?
1: He's like my go-to translator. Did they have yeah. to like
0: learn it from childhood, or was it something that they studied in yeah, China?
1: It's basic for like curriculum in grade school. Yeah. Just as far as basic as like Spanish, you know, is regular. uh uh-huh, Sure. Um, so you definitely, not everybody comes out fluent, but just by going through grade school. Right. Um, but my brother is definitely a languages guy. He's fluent in Korean and Chinese and English and studying Japanese for the fun of it.
0: <laughs> um, Sounds like a real slacker. Yeah, absolutely. So, and he definitely took all those genes, like in our whole family. <laughs> like nobody else got.
1: Yeah, we're like, thanks a lot. Um... So he's my go-to, and then my older brother, um, under, he can understand almost anything you say, but responding is harder for him. Oh, yeah. Um, so we totally made it work between the three of us. Um, the first weekend was not, they didn't take it easy on me at all. I went and saw both extended sides of the family on Oma's oh, wow. side, yeah. Um, I saw everyone, grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, and it was this huge, crazy whirlwind. So um, I was there another three months in Korea after mm-hmm. the weekend. So I was down in Chonan working my job during the week, and then I spent most weekends with them. Um, I would go up and take the train on Friday to Seoul and stay with them and um, hang out with my brothers, hang out with my cousins, and they wanted to take make sure I saw everything there was to see in the three months in Korea. So we were, like, all over the whole country. Um, so it was really really fun like it went from being like oh i'm really not sure to being like a little bit uncomfortable because you guys are strangers and i don't really know sure, how to yeah. do to just um spending more time and getting to know each other and like understanding idiosyncrasies and like you know kind of figuring out how we're gonna work with the language barrier uh-huh. um you know to just being a lot more comfortable with each other. to just like just being super fun you know like we had so much fun in those few months, um, so that was six years ago now, uh, almost. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And so fast forward six years, um, I met and married an adoptee, which is another part of that whole story, which is totally crazy to me. Um, and we've gone back twice to visit that family that we are super close with. Um, we use cacao talk.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: The app, and we talk almost every day. Probably. Wow. We're in a group chat, family chat with all of the family members. And so it is, you know, down to the details of, like, what they're going to have for dinner, where they're mm-hmm. going to at night, <laughs> what restaurant. Um, family so stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, when we were there, I was like, oh, Oma, like, why – If you're only going to talk to my older brother, Songbae, like, why do you have to use the family chat? Like, can't you guys have that personal conversation (laughs) otherwise? Because
0: she's a family elder and she doesn't understand technology. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But she was like, together is better. (laughs) You know, like, she's so Korean. (laughs) That's a
0: good excuse.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, she's so Korean. She's just like, like. She was almost taken aback like why would you even ask such a stupid question like that like oh everybody needs to know everything about Duh. um so we know more than we want to know <laughs> we hear about everything from
0: nice Korea.
1: um but it's been super fun and um i think now that we're 6 years in you know i feel really comfortable with those relationships but um i feel like the most fun thing for me has been watching my birth family interact with my adoptee husband um that has been a really fun dynamic to kind of just like sit back and observe because you know i went through that hell the first weekend (laughs) oh my goodness what am i doing like how do i communicate with you people to like getting to watch him go through that
0: (laughs) and you don't know any korean huh nothing you no you're totally screwed
2: no it's it's bad
1: he relies way too much on me and my brothers to translate for him. Have you he, ever
0: tried to learn any Korean
2: We've started, actually, within the last couple of weeks. We're oh, starting, yeah trying to teach me.
1: I've started forcing him. Uh, because he
0: made
1: a promise to Oma last time. Uh oh.
0: You better start watching some K dramas, man. I don't know what else to tell you.
1: done that. that he said, tough. You you start to say English and I'll learn Korean. She's like, Deal. When we meet in like, again will communicate. Challenge. And-
0: you know she's going to speak like fluent English by the time you go back.
2: Oh, um, yeah. She's already started.
1: Oh, she took the next month. She was in language classes. She
2: oh. am <laughs> like, oh, no. Please, like,
1: what have
0: I done? You better start going to like a Korean church or something, man. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> dude. dude there's,
1: He's so screwed. I don't know.
0: Like, there's you got Rosetta Stone or something. <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story. It's been um, quite the journey over the last six years is really.
0: Well, been... so before we close out uh, this session, before we get to part two. Yes. Uh, why don't we hear about your take on the 2012 con oh, conference in Albany.
1: I'm, I'm a uh, love. And let's
0: hear this side of the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first part was true. He came in, stumbled in late to the early morning.
0: Were um, you hungover early? Let's be honest.
1: Out. What was it? Eight o'clock?
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. Like yeah. Early. That's a little yeah. early.
1: It was pretty early. And it was a talking Saturday. Talking about some
0: deep stuff.
1: Saturday morning.
0: Uh-huh. On a um, Saturday? Yeah, I don't get up that early unless I yeah. have to go out.
2: So Probably one or two on Friday, so yeah. there you
0: go.
1: Excuses. So he came in late, I was in the front, raising my hand, asking questions. I had a lot to say. Were you like a
0: real good student when you were younger, Oh,
1: I was such a dork. Yep, she was. was...
0: (laughs) Were you that girl like throughout life?
2: Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is
0: nothing new for you.
2: My enemy, yeah. (laughs) This is what this was.
0: And and Lee, were you always the one stumbling in the back?
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness, absolutely. 100% of the time. Every time.
0: So this is par for the course for both of you. (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly. Uh It was like our, yeah, we were totally playing our own roles, like, (laughs) in this meeting. Okay. Um, So, yeah, all that first part was true. He came up and talked to me after, and he said, oh, so you mentioned meeting your birth family, like, what was that like?
0: Well, do you remember what questions you were asking and what the panel was about?
1: It was not a panel, actually. Or with the workshop? (laughs) It was one therapist um, that was there. And she was just talking about, like, um, family dynamics for Mm -hmm. adoptees. So it was a mix. It wasn't only adoptees. It wasn't only parents. It was a mixed audience. And it was just kind of talking about, like, how do you navigate that, you
0: know? I feel like that's usually, I haven't never been to the con conference, but I feel like that's the makeup of the typical con conferences.
1: Yeah. Um, they've done a really great job lately of making sure that they mix their offerings. Mm -hmm. So there will be some sessions like that. And then in each time block, there will be, like, adoptee-only sessions. Yeah. So it's closed to everybody else. And it can be, like, completely honest. And then there'll be parent-only sessions. Mm -hmm. Um even spouse-only sessions. So they've really done a great job trying to mix all that together.
0: And CON stands for the Korean Adoptee Advocacy
1: Oh, my goodness. It's the craziest. Network. They've it got, got to fix their
0: name. Am I making like, this up?
1: <laughs> American Adoptive Family. Korean American Adoptee Adoptive Family Network. I think Something there's like, like six A's in the middle. Oh,
0: I don't know. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, make it short, like two syllables or something.
1: Your name, yeah. Um, <coughs> so we went through that session. Lee asked me a couple questions, and then do you
0: remember what he asked you about? Yeah,
1: he was asking me mostly about um, my time that I lived in Korea. What was that like? Because um, he was interested because he had only gone to visit for that two weeks. For mm-hmm. the two weeks. So what's it like to live there? And then, oh my goodness, like you met your birth family. What is that like? You know. And so we were just kind of chatting a little, and he said, "So, do you know what session you're going to go to next?" And I said, "No, I haven't even had time to look at the schedule. Like, I need to run to the bathroom real quick before it starts." And so, you know, like I'll see you later or whatever.
0: Did you get nervous about that? You're like, "Oh, she's totally ditching me right now." <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, I'm but like... he totally did. Okay, you're totally playing <laughs> it I because he's like, "Oh, okay, like I'll see." So I go to the bathroom and I come out and I'm looking at my thing. I come out the bathroom door and he's standing there waiting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not in the creepy way, right? You're not like waiting there, like outside the door.
1: He was totally like waiting for me. He's like, "Did you decide what session you're gonna go to next?" I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <Lord, laughs> like, freaking me out." So he kind of followed me around the rest of the weekend.
0: He goes oh, to I'm sure that's not true.
1: You know what session that's you're gonna so. go to next? So then later, like he said, we had coffee. Um, and he had invited me, he said, oh, I, I just got a new car, so do you want to go to, like. Literally,
2: that, actually, that previous week, but yeah. yeah.
1: So do you want to go to, like, Starbucks or something, coffee? And I'm like, I'm not getting in this car with this guy who I'm <laughs> not, following me around. And so I was like, no. And this was true. I said, my sister is driving in right now. She lives in New York, not far from Albany, so she was coming to stay the night with me because we don't get to see each other that much. I said, she's going to be here, like, pretty soon, so I probably shouldn't leave the hotel. I need to be here for when she comes. Um, He's like, oh, okay, well, how about we go to, like, the hotel, restaurant, have coffee or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So we went and had that whole conversation. My sister calls me, and I was like, oh, my sister's here, um, so I better go, but I'm sure I'll see you, like, around my supplements or whatever. And he's like, okay, so I go outside, my sister, she's walking in with her bag, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this said, guy what? was
0: waiting for me outside the bathroom. <laughs> I said,
1: yeah, there is this guy at the conference, and he is following me around, he's totally sucking me, and he's going to all the teams." and she's like, oh, my word, he sounds so creepy. So oh, like, no. <laughs> her, first, her first time hearing that leak. So then, fast forward a few months.
0: We had been dating long distance and all this stuff. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on now. So you're telling your sister about how creepy this guy is, and then you're going out for a few months? No, no, no. It's Like, there's more to the story than that. You can't just be like, this dude is totally creeping me out. Let's go out for a few months. That is like the beginning of a horror movie, and all your friends are like, this isn't going to end well. <laughs>
1: Um, probably Sunday, the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we, of course, were in the same sessions. And, um, what happened? Like, you just asked me for my number, or what?
2: You gave me your number.
0: Oh!
2: No. Oh, you gave it to me. For you don't, what reason? You don't even remember For this. what reason? You gave I it to that? me because you left early to check out. No, I don't think that. Died. You're like, I
0: gotta leave, but you should totally I call me. We're
2: gonna have a nice little fight after we're done talking I don't like think that's <laughs>
1: That's true. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyways, somehow he got my number. Somehow. He what? was called. He was texting me that that night. So I I flew home and he drove home. And, and you're like, oh,
0: you're back in Tennessee at this point. Back you're back in, in Nashville. Tennessee.
2: And I'm in Pennsylvania. And you're so in Harrisburg.
1: Like texting, like, oh, did you get back? Okay, blah 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 blah. And then the next day he sounded like oh, how's work, blah, 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 and then he's like, can I call you? So he calls me, and we talked for probably a couple hours that night, and I was like, okay, like, he's decent, like, he's, maybe it's not, like, as creepy as I thought it was.
0: Now that there's hundreds of miles between exactly. us.
1: Like, I felt a little <laughs> bit more comfortable then. Um, two days after that, he sent me flowers at my office. Within that the first-
0: is adorable, and I hope you <laughs> gave him that your office address before he sent flowers.
1: I, not creepy at all, right? Oh, where do you work on this college campus? Which building? <laughs> he went on the website and looked me up.
0: Oh, there you go. So okay, that's sweet. That's a sweet move.
1: He did good. So I was like, okay. So that's how it started. So then we're talking on the phone like almost every night. Blah blah blah. blah. So we start dating long distance, and so I finally – I'm like, okay, this is, like, probably, like, going to be for a while. It's a little serious. And so I was talking to my sister on the phone, and I said, um, I just want to let you know I started seeing somebody, and I feel like it might get pretty serious. And she's like, oh, my gosh, who is it? Like, do I know him? I was like, funny story. You do. <laughs> I said, remember that conference in Albany? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, remember that guy who was following me around? And she's like, oh, my God, the stalker?
0: <laughs> you didn't call him the stalker.
1: <laughs> that has followed him around.
0: Oh, and no.
2: To this
1: day, the first time she met him, and then now when she talks to him, she's like, oh, my God, I remember, like, we thought you were so creepy. You were stalking from <laughs> <on> her. Oh,
0: <laughs> Lee, do you let this stand? Do you let them abuse you like this?
2: I have no choice. He has no choice. Gotta... You're like,
0: I am a fiduciary, and <laughs> I play violin for the Hershey Symphony. You cannot <laughs> break me like this.
2: I'm a true catch, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, come on. It's a
1: fun story.
0: I moved to Tennessee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did.
1: So that that was how Lee was introduced to my family as the stalker. As
2: a stalker. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Well, that <laughs> is a very sweet story. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we will continue this conversation and yeah. move into how you guys kind of started We the Lees and, and talk about all that since the uh, move down to Tennessee for Lee. Okay. <laughs> Despite the... Berating from Whitney's family and uh, having to put up with the torture of being called a stalker, I think unfairly. Uh, so, <laughs> with Lee on that one. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Uh,
0: next time, how's that? How's that sound? Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Of course. Thank of course. you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. And that's this week's episode of the Rambler with my guest Whitney Lee Fritz. I just want to thank them for coming on the show and sharing the story about them and how they met, and a little bit about their background. Join us next week when we follow up with Lees and talk about Lees. and we also talk about I Am Adoptee, a forthcoming social networking thing for adoptees. Uh, We'll talk about that next week. You can learn a little bit more information. I'm going to leave you a little bit on the hook because they're going to explain it. They're going to explain all that so I don't have to because Whitney's very involved. And so you can learn straight from the horse's mouth, as it were, about this service that will be forthcoming on the internets, the webs, etc. All right. Uh, Anyways, listen. Listen. Music today is provided by The Bell at Needle Drop Records as well as a collective effort. You can find their music in the show notes under SoundCloud. It's kind of towards the bottom. You can also email me at therambleradhd at gmail.com. You can tweet me. I'm on Twitter and the Twitter sphere at therambleradhd and on Facebook at facebook.com slash therambleradhd. You can always find this show on iTunes. Please rate the show if you like it on iTunes. Just click five stars. Write a nice little review that says, like, this is an awesome show for adoptees. I really appreciate it. This, that, and the other thing. Uh, I'm also on the Google Play Store. You can find me on Podbean. It's hosted at podbean.com. And from there, it's probably also on your favorite podcast application thing. So you can tell all your friends about it if they're interested in this topic as well. I really appreciate it. I haven't gotten too many questions in about I am, or uh, not I am adoptee, ask an adoptee. Ask an adoptee, my new series uh, of questions that you can ask me. You can email me, you can tweet me, or you can uh, Facebook message me, and I will try to do my best to answer them from my personal point of view. I don't know, maybe it's not compelling. Maybe it is. You tell me. Tell me if it's not compelling, and if it's not, you can suggest another segment for me to do. In any case, join us next week when we uh, talk with the Lees yet again about their ongoing projects and a little bit about uh, football trading cards and memorabilia and stuff and the economics surrounding all of that, of which previously I was not familiar. But now uh, Lee has, has told me all about it, and you can learn next week as well on The Rambler. All right, you guys go and have yourselves a great week. Again, go out there. Uh, spread the love Love each other Call up your loved ones Text them Show them how much you love them Your family Your friends Hell, the guy who, uh, who makes your coffee in the morning Alright, because I'm sure you love that coffee As much as I do Anyways Oh, I did want to uh, read this quick email I received from Bob In New York uh, With regards to my China's Children International Livestream that I did Last week, and that's uh, up on YouTube. Just Google or YouTube search China's Children International, and you'll see me there, I think. uh, And it's our archived live stream. I I may even put that up as an audio episode one week. We'll see. We'll see. I got to talk to CCI about that. Anyways, he wrote me this email, which I'd like to share with you. Thank you for recently doing a China Children International guest speaker chat. Your authentic responses to the questions that I posted on CCI were thorough and relatable. Wasn't actually expecting Katie to ask them all, but glad they were. I feel these questions are relevant to the current CCI community, but many within the group struggle to come to terms with. Your response to the term model minority is one which I agree with 100%. The term is definitely disingenuous to the struggle we as Asians deal with every day. This typecast doesn't differentiate if you're adopted or not, but some adoptees tend to affix it to their adoption. How a society wants to define us is something that I've come to terms with. When does one make a stand? or when to let the prejudice and ignorance of others just slide. Everything is situational, and I feel there are some within the CCI community who are thin-skinned. I don't know whether that's because of their youth, environment, or naivete. Most older adoptees and adults get it. You pick your battles. Your experience and willingness to put yourself out there helps to continue an adoptee-to-adoptee dialogue that's just now beginning within the Chinese adoptee community and CCI. Thank you, Bob. Bob, thanks for writing in. Thanks for writing to me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you asking questions and listening to uh, my chat on CCI. Again, I'm no expert in Chinese adoptees or Chinese adoption or any of that. So I just try to kind of come from uh, a genuine place and from my experience, my personal experience. So I'm glad to hear that it was at least a little bit helpful. Again, if you guys want to check that out, it's on YouTube and uh, you can see for yourself. And if it prompts you to ask me any questions, go ahead and do that. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Marita McDermott again, who just wrote this uh, great piece in the New York Times about uh, the current uh, state of DNA and uh, 325 camera and Genmatch and 23andMe and Ancestry.com and how uh, adoptees are kind of turning to these services as well as birth parents to find each other when the system in Korea or the adoption system in general Kind of has, has put up barriers, uh, whether willfully or not, and how we're breaking those down using current technology. So, shout out to Marie, great article. Thanks for shedding light on this. Uh, and thank you for continuing to do some hard work uh, that I'm not doing because I'm just a podcaster. Uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. Again, Marie, anytime. <laughs> you don't have to write your great American novel. Anyways, you guys have yourselves a great week. Go out and spread some love. I love you, and thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.